1: All right, here we go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday Hump Day edition of the Gary Harris Show for this October 18, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I'm joined, as always, right there on the other side of the glass by Justin Jones. He's manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Of course, Noah Haynes has been in since before the sun was up this morning uh, working. He's ready to help us out as well. It's always uh, a fun show on a Wednesday. I like the hump day. It's not as fun as Friday. Friday's my favorite day of the week, but Wednesday kind of marks Hey man we're through the front end of the week you know when you get to Wednesday Monday and Tuesday are in the rearview mirror and you are working downhill at least you're working you're 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 not going uphill let's put it that way and then tomorrow you start working downhill to the weekend let's let's say it like that Monday Tuesday you're running uphill Wednesday at least it's leveled off and then Thursday and Friday you're downhill. To the weekend, So we're ready to go here this morning on the program. Glad you're with us here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. I'll have the rundown for you here in just a moment on what uh, we have on tap for you today here on the program. But first, I need to tell you, as always, this hour, the Gary Harris Show, brought to you by my good friends, and I say that with 100% honesty, my good friends at Alabama Credit Union. Steve Swafford, the CFO, right on through the entire organization, professional courteous looking out for your money and you're not just a customer at alabama credit union you know you become a member you're part of the family it's just different find out uh, more at alabamacu.com that's alabamacu.com or get by and see them at one of their many locations around the state of alabama alabama credit union loans for real life some rules and restrictions do apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money And put a little extra change in your pocket. Cha-ching. You heard it right there. All right, here's what's coming up today at 930. It's the NASCAR Report with Matt Coulter. We'll also talk about uh, Alabama, Tennessee a little bit with Matt. Third Saturday in October, he covered a lot of those games uh, in his days as a a television sportscaster. Then at 10 o'clock, we're going to get the Vols perspective from Dan Harrelson. He is going to join us from uh, Nashville, or should Nashville, Let me. the ends in in, uh, Tennessee, Knoxville. He's going to join us from Knoxville. He's the managing editor for the Vols Wire, part of the U.S. USA Today Sports Network, and Darren Harrelson will be with us um, this morning at 10 a.m. Central Time. Also, we're going to get some audio from uh, Josh Heupel, the Tennessee head coach. We're going to pull that down. He had his press conference this week as well. We want to hear uh, from the Tennessee head coach. We heard uh, some clips from Nick Saban yesterday. Of course, Coach Saban will meet with the media again tonight following practice, but we're going to hear from uh, Josh Heupel as well. We'd love to hear from you, too, of course, as I always say. Uh, you make the show. Uh, we are a content-driven show, but, boy, we do love our callers and uh, love interacting, and it's been a really good football season in terms of phone calls, in terms of interaction, in terms of differing opinions. I love that, so I encourage you to give us a call here on the First and Main Condominiums hotline, 205-342-9904. All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and start them off with some Wednesday morning headlines here on the Gary Harris Show. Justin and to catch up on what's going on. Well, the Alabama Crimson Tide practicing full pads on Tuesday afternoon in preparation for the third Saturday and October matchup against the University of Tennessee Volunteers this Saturday afternoon, shortly after 2.30 p.m. inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. The game will be televised nationally on CBS as the SEC Game of the Week. Of course, you can hear it on the Crimson Tide Sports Network, including the flagship station, Tide 100.9 FM, as well as the Bear 95.3. And uh, we look forward of course to that game. And uh, for Alabama, it's an opportunity to get to 5-0 in the SEC, and at the same time get a little payback for, t- from tennis, for Tennessee from last year's game when the Vols beat Alabama 52-49 to on the final play of the game on a 41-yard field goal, snapping a 15-game losing streak against the Crimson Tide. So, a lot will be on the line this Saturday afternoon. Meanwhile, down on the plains of Auburn, it's the uh, interesting matchup between Ole Miss and Auburn. Auburn is not having a great year, uh, but they have a first-year head coach named Hugh Freeze, who used to be, as we know, the head coach at Ole Miss until he was fired from some from some off the field issues in oxford he's in his first season at auburn of course lane kiffin reportedly was offered the auburn job last year before it was offered to hugh freeze so you think there's a lot of uh, personal pride on the line It's a big, big game for both coaches, particularly for Kiffin, who's built up some goodwill this year. Even though he lost to Alabama, he was able to beat LSU. Ole Miss has only one loss on the season. They're still in the hunt for the SEC West Championship in a top-tier bowl game. But you can bet if Kiffin loses to Freeze, Ole Miss fans are not going to be happy. So that's going to be a big, big game down at Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn. In the NFL, hey, man, Justin, let me tell you something. It ain't over till Julio says it's over. Julio Jones is just that good. 13th NFL season. Yes, he will play this year in the National Football League. And not just with any team, but a Super Bowl contender. As he has signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, that means he'll be... On a team with a lot of former Bama guys, not necessarily his teammates at Bama, but of course, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. Devontae Smith is a wide receiver. Landon Dickerson, Uh, there's Josh Job, and I know I'm missing a a couple of guys, but Julio now becomes that third wide receiver to go along with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And so uh, that'll be an interesting setup for him. I think he'll fit in well there. Uh, that's a winning culture. They did lose their first game of the season. And guess what? On Sunday night, you know what we got? We got two versus Jalen. We got the Dolphins and the Eagles, two of the best teams in the National Football League, locking up on Sunday night.
0: And the Eagles are going to be wearing that iconic Kelly Green throwback, too. It's going to be cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a heck of a game, too. I mean, that's, you know, Dolphins have one loss. Um Eagles have one loss. Jalen Hurts was the MVP runner up a year ago. Tua, I I'm I'm gonna say this. I know it's still early. I think Tua would, would be my front runner for the MVP this year, based on the way he's played. So that ought to be a, a great game on Sunday night. Major League Baseball, and I kind of had a feeling this might happen. It's it's not over. I get it. But let's just be honest. Um the the Eagles, Eagles, the Phillies, the other team in Philadelphia, the Phillies, when they got past the Braves. Justin, couldn't you kind of see this one coming? I mean, They have smoked the Diamondbacks in the first two games of the NLCS. Now, I get it. Those two games were in Philadelphia, but the latest win last night was a 10 to nothing beatdown. Uh, they've won both games. Now they head to uh, Arizona for the next uh, two games and Game 5 if necessary. I don't know it'll get to Game 5. Phillies look like a much better team than Arizona. 10 nothing. Meanwhile, in the American League, the Rangers, uh, this is a little bit of a surprise to me, are... Up 2-0 in Houston, and they won both those games in Houston. So they go back to Arlington now with a two-games-to-none lead. That game is tonight in, uh, in Arlington, and then the game three of the NL Series is tomorrow afternoon, so uh, both the American League Championship Series and the NL Championship Series are two games to none. Right now, the Phillies are my pick to win it all. I, I think they're, I think they're the best team. Uh, you know, they finished 14 games back to the Braves, but they got hot at the right time. They got a lot of big bats. Uh, their top end pitching in their rotation is phenomenal. Um, Yeah, they look like the team that's going to take it all all the way to me. But we shall see. Alabama men's basketball, number 24 in the preseason AP poll. A lot of people think that's a little bit low. I don't know. I don't really have a problem with it, Justin, based on the fact that even though I think Alabama's talented and uh, Grant Nelson, The North Dakota State transfer was named first-team preseason All-SEC. Mark Sears was named second-team preseason All-SEC. But still, it's really an entirely new roster for Alabama. They really kind of had to flip the roster over. So, hey, man, 24 is not bad. I said on Titer Insider TV last night when I was asked about it by a viewer, if they take care of business and they win games, they'll be in that top 10 before you know it. So it sounds a little bit low based on some of the power polls that we've seen. Uh, I would have probably, if I had an AP vote, Justin voted Alabama around 15. I think 15 is probably 15, 16, somewhere in there, but I don't have a problem with them being 24th. Really? Uh, Tennessee is the media's pick to win the sec championship and the Vols do look like they have a really, really, really strong roster this year. But again, it, you know, that's why you play the games. I think it's harder to predict uh, basketball than it is football even. And football is pretty hard to pick as well. So that is some check and some headlines. We're off and running here on the Gary Harris show. It is, uh, 11 minutes after the hour of nine o'clock and, uh, we're going to hit the uh, break and then come back. We're wide open for phone calls in the next segment. Matt Coulter on NASCAR at 930. Dan Harrelson on Tennessee, Alabama at 10 o'clock. As I said, we're going to get some uh, Josh Hypel audio ready to go for you as well. And um, we're going to have fun this morning. It's Wednesday, Hump Day edition of the Gary Harris Show. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We'll be right back with more on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. This month at Pearl River Resort. Much as free has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do: head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and Three Special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a Meat and Three vegetables for just 8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup Salad or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. Happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Los Tarasco's has been serving Mexican favorites like Burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Las Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Las Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember
2: the name is Las Tarasco's with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa. 100.9 Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa weather, another beautiful day today with a sunny sky, the high 73, fair tonight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy, the chance of a shower by afternoon, showers are more likely tomorrow night, the high tomorrow at 73 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on TIDER Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on TIDE 100.9. 9.15,
1: welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Hour number one being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. And I do want to remind you quickly again that there's still time to get into the uh, Crossing Points uh, Betty Shirley Golf Tournament tomorrow out at Oak Colony. Uh, 11 o'clock registration and lunch begins, 12.30 shotgun start. Uh, The golf course is in great shape, and this... uh, Betty Shirley Annual Golf Tournament supports the UA Crossing Points Program, which is a phenomenal multi-tiered post-secondary transition program in the College of Education at the University of Alabama, serving college-age students with intellectual intellectual disabilities. Our program is sustained by numerous campus and community partnerships such as Tuscaloosa City Schools and Tuscaloosa County School System. So this is a big, big... uh, Big golf tournament uh, with some great sponsors, and Jay Sewell, head golf coach at the University of Alabama, men's golf team, will be the honorary chair. So, again, if you want to uh, to get involved, it's not too late. You can call 205-348-3180, 205-348-3180, the Betty Shirley Annual Golf Tournament tomorrow at Oak Colony. All right, let's jump out on the First Domain Condominiums Hotline and welcome in our good pal Tom this morning. Is going to lead us off. Hey, Tom.
3: Gary, Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
1: Good, thanks.
3: Um, you know, baseball. The Phillies are killing me with yeah. the way they're hitting the ball. They're just
1: smashing I mean, it. Yep, smashing they They're Killing the ball. me. Yep.
3: I, I didn't know you could do that in playoff baseball. I swear I did.
1: Well, they're doing it, my
3: friend. And yeah, uh, I know. But uh, aren't you shocked by the the, the ease that they're they're well, doing it by? <sighs>
1: A little bit. I don't know. I, I think you, if you were listening, you remember me saying that if you're the Braves, that was the worst possible matchup. I mean, you couldn't have. I mean, it just, it's just unfortunate that you win 104 games, and your reward is you get to play the Philadelphia Phillies, team that, that dispatched you last year. And even though the regular season is important, uh, all the Phillies were trying to do was just get into the postseason. They didn't really care if uh, – you know, they had to travel. They had to play a lot. They knew they were better than, than the Marlins from the get-go. And they had so much confidence against the Braves. And, uh, you know, I'm a little – I guess I'm a little surprised that Atlanta couldn't get it to a fifth game. But they were fortunate to get it to a fourth game. And once they, oh, yeah, yeah once, once Phillies won game one in Atlanta, I thought it was over. I think you heard me say as much. I thought Atlanta had to win those two games because in that ballpark, um, the Phillies are built for that park. And they just absolutely just mash it there. And they were, they were so confident. And they knew, you know, a lot of fans saw Game 2 in Atlanta. Well, that's, that, that gives the Braves an opportunity. Uh, the Braves now, you know, they'll take that. I didn't really see it that way. I said, man, they're very, they were lucky to win that game. And they shouldn't well, probably I even had an opportunity. So. And I just said, you know what, I said, I said, that just delays the inevitable. I remember you telling me, I, I, I remember you uh, hearing me say, I didn't think they'd make it back to Atlanta for a Game 5 and and they didn't and and if this this mat this 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 series against the Diamondbacks is a mismatch the Phillies are a lot better team the series that i'm really shocked about was how the Diamondback swept the Dodgers that's the one that shocks me this probably ought to be the Phillies and the Dodgers uh but the Dodgers got got it handed to them but I think the Phillies I wouldn't be shocked if they if they go into Arizona and just sweep this series and I think they're going to win the World Series you know they were close last year uh but that lineup right now is just on fire and I don't think they have the depth through their pitching staff the way that the Braves do but the top of the Order rotation is phenomenal right now. Noah last night was incredible, and so the Phillies, the Braves, like the best baseball team for 162 games, but the Phillies were like the best baseball team in the postseason, and that's really what's in, you know most important.
3: Yeah, I agree with everything you said there, uh, except for the. Uh, I thought the Braves really when they when they they won that kind of a miracle game, you know, uh, to go to Philly and. Uh, uh, <clears> the <throat> uh, i thought well that's gonna be the the icebreaker for them to to beat philly and then here they go philly with those bats and this that and the other yeah and uh, but you know the one that i'm shocked at is the rangers that that's really uh that's killing me and and uh and i'm shocked <clears throat> that uh they're, they're two and zero oh on
1: that. So yeah, and one of them both, one of both in Houston. So now they're yeah, really in, in good shape.
3: But that that relief
1: pitcher, I wanted you to tell me about him. what, what is it,
3: Nabaldi? Yeah, is that his name? Uh, God, amazing stuff. What yeah, yeah. Uh, He's a dead of pit bull. Well,
1: you know, you got you know following the Braves, and and as you um um as you look at 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 baseball now I don't follow it around the both leagues the way I used to. I used to track baseball, but now it's why I like to have Adam Amin on from time to time. But I don't follow it like I did. But I'm focused on the Braves. So yeah, you get Me into too. the postseason and I start seeing these uh um These teams, and and, you know, I knew Texas had a really good lineup, but you're right. Right now, if you get it to uh, uh, the closer, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna take care of you. I mean, he's uh, he's been phenomenal in in this postseason. He's allowed
3: Big uh, uh, Big Poppy and uh, I mean Derek Jeter and Big Poppy and and uh, and and and, uh, my guy over there on the left. uh,
4: what Alex Rodriguez? Uh, A-Rod, yeah, is that yeah. you're talking about?
3: A-Rod. Yeah. A-Rod. Yeah. Did you hear what they said about that guy? And I didn't, I never heard of him. No, before. I didn't. They I didn't say, hear what
1: they said, what they what
3: say. Hey, look, look, listen to this. Derek Gina looked at him. He said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, the people I played baseball with, we'd rather see any freaking body come out there on that mound except you. I said, what? Who is this guy? And uh and I started digging on him and this guy's a freaking pit bull. Well, you pit know what it Poppy. is they've
1: got he's, he's, so, said, he's so good he's so good
3: he if he's nine up or nine down he's going for your throat Well,
1: he's so good that he's forced Dorados Chapman to become the setup man. You know, yeah. Uh, that's I how, didn't
3: realize that. That's how. So I, that's I how. Uh,
1: that's how good this 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 guy is. And uh, you're right; he's fearless. And I think in the postseason so far, um, I'm trying to find his stats, but I know, um, I know he's been really, really good. <laughs> I know that, like you said. Um, and uh, I, I can't I, find his. I, I, I can't uh, find his stats. I think he did give up. A home run against the Orioles, I'm thinking that he did uh, when he inherited base runners. I could be wrong there. But I think other than that, the guy's been perfect. So,
3: Well, I mean, when A-Rod and Derek yeah. Peter, Hall of Famers, and then you got Big Poppy, which I figure is a Hall of Famer too. He is. Uh, he will be. And they go, you know what? We'd rather face anybody, but you, we don't want none of you. And I go, what? Are they saying? Who is this guy? You know what? Thank you, Gary. Love the show.
1: Thank you, Tom. Yeah, postseason baseball doesn't have quite as much, uh, uh, I don't know, as much pizzazz because the Braves aren't in it. I know that's dimmed my, you know, that's curbed my enthusiasm for it. But you know what? It is is—it uh, is still postseason baseball, and, um, you know, we'll... Uh, We'll follow it here some to some degree again, not not the same way that uh, we did with um, um, with the Braves, but we'll keep an eye on it. And one thing I'm checking is, um, you know, he being uh, Tom was right about, um, of course, A. Rod and Derek Jeter been in the in the in the um, baseball Hall of Fame, and he said in big. Big Poppy's a Hall of Famer. Will be. He is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I want to double check that. He went in in 2022, so uh, yeah, he's already in as well. That's what I was thinking. I, when he said, "Yeah, he'll be a Hall of Fam- or should be in a Hall of Fame." I'm thinking. I think. Yeah, I think he is. <laughs> you know, he he's been out of the game long enough. Yeah, he went in in 2022. So that uh, that uh, Fox Studio crew, they're all Hall of Famers. But um, yeah, I'm surprised as well that the Rangers won the first two games in Houston. But don't count out the Astros. They're they're a really really good club. And uh, they're capable of going into Arlington and winning a game or two, which they're going to have to do now. If they're going to get that series back to uh, um, Houston for game six, they're going to have to win twice in Arlington, Justin. I mean, they're, they're down 2-0. They're going to have to win at least two games to get it back um, to a sixth game in Houston. I'm not sure that they can do that right now the way the Rangers are playing. But, but we will see. As I said, though, the Phillies, <clears throat> the Phillies right now are my pick to win it all and um i think they're going to cruise past the diamondbacks and to go into the world series i'm still just sick for the Braves but you know what Braves Braves were great during the regular season but in that series against the Phillies they weren't close to being as good as the Phillies the Phillies were just you know tom said when they won game 2 he thought well that would that would give them the little bit of juice that they needed to come back i don't know I, the way i saw that game 2 was almost flukish they didn't hit really the entire game and then um you know you get the uh you get the home run from Riley, and then it takes a miraculous double play by started by Michael Harris with an incredible catch to end that game. And I thought it just delayed the inevitable and it did. I mean, the Phillies were, were, were just better. All right. It's nine twenty-five here. If you want to call in the way the time did, we got time to squeeze in one more phone call here uh, in this segment on the first main condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Matt Coulter coming up in the next segment. All right. I got a text from someone who said, or a social media message said, Hey, you talked about Alabama, Tennessee, and you talked about um, Auburn and um, Ole Miss in your headlines, but run down the entire schedule and the kickoff times for me, if you don't mind. <clears throat> and sure, I don't mind. It's a, it's a short schedule this week. A lot of teams are on by again. So we've only got five games this weekend. Um, all of them are SEC versus SEC, except for LSU, which takes on Army. So here are uh, the games. This is the uh, complete schedule. Mississippi State is at Arkansas. That's the 11 a.m. ESPN game. On Saturday morning, and you talk about two teams that need a win in the SEC, their Mississippi State and Arkansas. Tennessee at Alabama, as we mentioned, 2.30, the CBS SEC game of the week. South Carolina's at Mizzou, that's a 2.30 game on the SEC network going up against Alabama and Tennessee. South Carolina and Missouri, 2.30 Central on the SEC network. Ole Miss is at Auburn, as we discussed, 6 p.m. kick on ESPN. That's an evening kick, and also that evening, Army at LSU. That is the 6.30 kick on the SEC Network. So just those five games this weekend, as we have a lot of teams on by, uh, but uh, that's the complete schedule with the kickoff times and the television networks as requested. All right, it's 9.27 here on the Gary Harris Show, and... um, we are going to take a break and when we come back Matt Coulter on NASCAR and we will also talk a little SEC football third Saturday in October with Matt and uh, also want to mention this real quick because this is another message I just got what do you think about Beamer breaking his foot uh, and we got a minute here Justin so I'll tell you what I think I think it just kind of fits his personality he's I listen I, I've been impressed with the job he's done overall at South Carolina. He's young. He comes from a coaching family. I know his dad, obviously, Frank Beamer, a great head coach for many years at Virginia Tech. But then he come across sometimes as like a little bit immature, a little bit uh, frat boyish type of thing. And, and um, you know, he got mad after the game against Florida and he kicked something and he broke his foot. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where... Um, <laughs> It's just kind of embarrassing, honestly. But I thought the way he conducted his press conference after that game was a little bit embarrassing. Well, we did this and we did this and we did this and we did this and we put him in position to do that and we had a perfect call on this and they didn't execute being the players. He's like, he threw the players under the bus and then right at the end, he said, oh, but we love those guys in that locker room and they care and we got to do a better job of coaching them. Well, why didn't you just say that in the first place? Instead of pointing out everything that you did as a coach that was correct, And they couldn't execute it. So, um, but you know what? He paid a price for his temper tantrum. He broke his foot. And he said yesterday that he's in a lot of pain. And, um, you know, now they go to Missouri. And quite frankly, right now, um, Missouri looks like a a much better team than South Carolina. But we'll see. But, you know, you got Drinkwitz and and Beamer. They're kind of that new era of Coach Young came up as, uh, as, uh, you know, of course, Beamer comes up from a coaching family, but they both came through the ranks pretty quickly as analysts and then assistant coaches and got head coaching opportunities, and they'll lock horns on uh, Saturday. All right, 929, let's get to the break. We'll come back with Matt Coulter on NASCAR next, right here on the Gary Harris Show on TIE 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC.
3: Built to win. Touchdown,
0: Alabama! Built for championships. Throws intercepted, Alabama. Built by Bama.
5: Alabama is still Alabama.
0: The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on Tennessee. Our coverage begins at 11:30 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Race Course, BirminghamRaceCourse.com. You can be a winner too.
1: 2011 Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high definition televisions, both dining rooms at the bar and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends and good time.
0: Find Tide on Twitter at Tide 109 to keep up with show announcements, guests and our reporters in the field.
4: Speed. Speed.
1: She's all alone. All alone. All alone in a time of 9:32. Welcome back in to the Gary Harris Show. It's NASCAR time here on the program. And I continue to have a lot of people. In fact, Matt, uh, Matt Coulter is with us for the segment. i got to start out with a little story here. I'm at Billy's the other night, and um, someone introduces themselves to me. And tells goes on to tell me how much they love our NASCAR segment that, you know, well, listen, Matt, there's a story here. I didn't know the gentleman, uh, but I know him now and he's a good friend of yours. And there's you know, there's obviously the Tom Roberts that I'm most familiar with for years with the Crimson Tide Sports Network Uh and and the love Tom Roberts. But this Tom Roberts is the NASCAR Tom Roberts, Matt. Yeah. and uh, he was he was in town for the game, and uh, was at Billy's, introduced himself, and we talked NASCAR for 30 minutes, and I know he's a good friend of yours and uh, has he's been involved down. in the sport for a long time and from the public relations aspect.
5: Yeah, he was with Bobby Allison and Miller for a while, and uh, I think he still makes his home maybe up in the Gunnersville area, but uh, he may be in Tuscaloosa. Maybe that's why he was over there. But Tom's one of those really, really good NASCAR guys that's been around for quite some time. Very experienced, very good at his craft. And, uh, yeah, there is another Tom Roberts.
1: <laughs> yeah, so but he was tell he was just discussing with me how much he said he listens to the segment every week on the app and uh <clears throat> loves it and said I really appreciate you guys talking NASCAR and I said well it's only once a week but the fact that we just do it once a week puts us ahead of the game cuz there's just as you and I have discussed there's just not a lot of NASCAR talked on sports radio anymore outside of the NASCAR, you know, podcast and things that are specifically uh dedicated to nascar but we're more than happy to do it and there's a lot to unwrap matt from this past this past race um when you look at at uh, you know kyle larson boy he 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 shoots up now as um quite frankly is just as just one of the is one of the favorites i mean there's no other way around it with his win i uh, will get to ryan blaney here in a minute but uh, just your tech your takeaways um uh, from the race at las vegas
5: well, I don't think it took the Vegas win for us to realize this, but I think it's worth reemphasizing that Kyle Larson could probably win a race in a grocery cart in a Walmart parking lot. I mean, he is that good and that experienced and that talented. In fact, you know, he's training and gone through the education in the school. He's going to race the Indy 500 next year That you know, if his car qualifies. <clears throat> so I think that probably... You know, further emphasizes my point. But you know, the race in Vegas was a lot about pits. You know, it's just boggled my mind with the one lug nut wheels they're using now.
3: Gary, they're making nine second, four
5: tire change pit stops.
6: At <laughs> this,
5: just that just, just boggles my mind. But Larson's crew was better on Sunday, and. The large due the part the way reason he won the
1: race. My pick of William Byron finished uh, seventh. Your pick of uh, Denny Hamlin finished tenth. And um, let's see, I'm going to get to pick first <clears throat> this week as we go to Homestead, Miami. Also coming out of that race was uh, really uh, when the results came in of the points. Uh, you know, deducted from Ryan Blaney for a legal shock, uh, left front shock on the number 12, he was done. I mean, it had absolutely toasted him. But NASCAR uh, overturned their own ruling and gave him his yeah. points back because they said their their tester was faulty. And so give them credit for admitting their mistake. And listen, Blaney still got work to do, but he was really basically done uh, once that um, once those points were taken away.
5: I think he's uh, – and I'm not looking at the standings. And my memory's not great. But I think he's still like sixth. Are you looking at him?
1: Uh, yeah, oh. I think he's actually just moved up to only to seventh. So he's still oh. – yeah, yeah, he's still behind the eight ball a little bit. But, but the points that give him a much better chance to move up than oh. he was going to be so far behind. But, yeah, I think from what I read um, – his, yeah, here's the key, he goes from, he was last place among the eight remaining title eligible drivers, but he moves up to seventh, but his deficit relative to the provisional elimination line goes from 56 exactly. to 17 points. That's the key there.
5: Well, and, and that's all, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, he's got a shot. We, we still have two races left in this segment. So, yeah, he can race his way back up there. Uh, but it'll be difficult I think the The top fours, though, have been uh, really, really good since we've gotten into the playoffs. And and we'll see as uh, they travel to Homestead, Miami. But I'm not going to say it's it's terribly rare, but, yeah, it is. Uh, They go back and they find something wrong on their part in inspection and they do the right thing. They reverse it. I mean, not that they, you know, they were going to hide it. But uh, that's kind of unprecedented because they're – NASCAR is, uh, you know, when they get inspection, they're bringing out toothbrushes and the tape measures and everything they possibly can to see what uh, see what could possibly be wrong with the car.
1: All right, we do go to um, Miami or Homestead-Miami Speedway now. I really loved it when it was the final race. I just love that setup down there for the for the – the Capper. Now it is the next to last race of the final segment. Then we go to Martinsville, and of course, uh, as was the case last year, the playoff race is at Phoenix, uh, the championship race. So you go to Homestead, Miami. Um, I've been through there. I've gone, you know, drove past that racetrack uh, one year when I was years ago when I was going down the Keys. I've never seen a race there, but I've generally heard good things about that racetrack. The drivers seem to like it. What's your what's your take on that track? Yeah.
5: What you just said there at the tail end is spot on. The drivers really, really like it. Personally, Gary, I'm just an old school guy. Um, I'd like for all these races, particularly the season ender, to be at a real traditional track, you know, a, a Darlington or a Charlotte or something like that. But, hey, that's not it. But the drivers' influence and their love for this track really make a difference on why it is in the championship chase on the schedule and why, you know, it's been the season-ender for a couple of years, but now we'll do that at Phoenix. But, no, bottom line on this is the drivers love Miami.
1: Well, I get to pick first this week, and, uh, again, I've gone back and tried to track the uh, average finishes, going back to some of the – I remember – I did remember this – When he was driving there, Greg Biffle was good at that track back in the back in the day. Good, blast from the past. Uh, But we're looking at guys now, and I'm mainly looking at these guys that uh, um, are have a chance to win a championship. And you know, as as fate would have it, um, not only is Kyle Larson one of the best drivers out there and coming off a win, but he's also really, really good at. (laughs) at homestead miami and um so i'm gonna take the hot guy your guy hamlin's good there too um yeah you know from what i've seen just over the last four or five years it's not been a good track for blaney uh but i'm gonna take kyle larson because i think that you know he's good he's hot he even though even though you know he's in good shape now with the win. I still think they want to keep that momentum. I mean, I'm just looking since 2020. He's got um, he's got a win. He's got uh, a couple top fives. So you know he's been good down there. So I'm going to take Larson.
5: Well, you know Denny Hamlin's been pretty good to me. Um, yeah, I knew
1: you were going to take, take him once him
5: again. I also think one of the young guys that's, uh, really good down there is Tyler Reddick, but. Uh, I'm I'm kind of go with a guy that's got me a couple wins this year. I'm gonna stick with Denny Hamlin. He's certainly in this points race, and man, he wants to win a championship so bad because he's of all of his accomplishments, including three Daytona wins, uh, Daytona 500 wins, I should say. He is. Uh, he's never won an overall points championship, but when you look at his record, it's hard to believe. So. I think he's going to try and win one so he can advance and run for it
1: all in Phoenix. So. Yeah, I think i really probably. We're really going
5: with y'all. Yeah, with, well,
1: with Larson having one, Hamlin, Hamlin's going to be probably a little more aggressive and have more of an edge. So if it's down the stretch, that's probably going to help you. And I thought about that, but I just don't like Denny Hamlin. And I <laughs> if you. I pick him, I got to pull for him. So it, <laughs> I hate, I hate to say that's a factor, but it's a factor.
5: Well, it makes him a lot easier to pull for, doesn't it? What if I, I mean, pick it, you? Know, it makes, if you pick somebody else, it makes it easier to pull for them. If Hamlin's in the race,
1: oh, absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if I pull, if I pick <laughs> Hamlin, then I got to pull for him. And I really don't, for whatever reason, you know, it's just the, the fan part of me. I just don't like the guy, and he's probably a great guy, and he's probably, you know, I really
5: don't. I, I really think he could be a real tool of time.
1: Yeah, I I just don't – I don't care for him, so I'm going to pick Larson. And uh, you got Hamlin, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if those two are battling for the checkered there at the end. I think Truex Jr. has to be watched here. Um, Yeah, you're right. You know, so that's another guy that I thought about, but um, – you know, we'll see. They'll run it. All right, so Matt's got Hamlin and I got Larson on uh, Sunday down at Homestead, Miami. Hey, third Saturday in October, changing uh, changing uh, gears here, to use a NASCAR term. Um, you covered a lot of these games when you were in the television sportscasting end of it. And, uh, of course, I have too. It's always a special rivalry. The rivalry kind of went away you know when you win 15 in a row away alabama did it kind of it it dilutes the rivalry but i tell fans this week because i hear i I hear it now and then their voices all it takes is for the other team to win one and it's back and this rivalry is back
5: i've heard that i hate tennessee week more this week than i have collectively over the last 15 years i agree i agree it's uh it's got alabama fans pumped up it's a great rivalry i was talking with lars on Big Ben Sports just Monday about the third Saturday in October. And the wonderful book that our buddy, our dear departed buddy, Al Browning wrote, the great read, still out there. Um, All the pageantry and and everything that leads up to it. And, golly, Gary, when we were young, it would be the one game on ABC. And uh, it's the only one we'd get for the week. Uh, running through the T when you're at Tennessee, uh, good grief! It's just uh, it's a wonderful, it's my favorite rivalry. I know a lot of people like the Alabama Auburn game, certainly I do too. But um, as far as being an Alabama fan and graduate. This is huge for
1: me personally. Yeah, and it's the third Saturday in October, which it should be. I, I, I you, you and I both talking about the traditional aspect, and I understand schedules change, but uh, when it's on the fourth Saturday, it just doesn't resonate the same for me. <laughs> I want it on the third Saturday, man. That's that's just that's just what it's supposed to be played. It was on the third Saturday last year. It's going to be on the uh, on the third Saturday this year, and uh, and that's a good thing.
5: I love it. It should always be on the third Saturday, and of course, I guess if they real the scheduling when Oklahoma and Texas drop in, there's also there is some talk that it might not be even be annual. So you know, some some things ought to stay no matter what. Yeah, I, this is one of
1: them. well. Who are you? Who are you picking? If you don't you maybe if you're not holding for your show or your podcast. No, I'm,
5: wanna... not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm <clears throat> Alabama should win the game if they could just cut down on some of their mistakes. Uh, along the offensive line and the penalties are the ones most notable. Uh, this is not the Tennessee offense that we saw last year. Good grief. Ending hooker was just fantastic, but I think that, uh, I think overall, Gary, we, we, I'll just ask you, isn't Alabama the better team?
1: I think Alabama is, even with their flaws and even with their inability to put a four-quarter game together, which they really haven't done, I guess, other than Middle Tennessee, who was outmanned. Um, They're at home. um, And that Arkansas game was so disappointing in how it finished. But for nearly three quarters, I mean, Alabama, I hate to say dominated Arkansas, but they kind of did. I mean, Alabama's defense didn't give up. I mean, when Arkansas, when you got the uh, defensive face mask personal foul on Jalen Key. Late in the third quarter, that really kind of opened the door for Arkansas, gave them second life. They were a little less than a hundred yards offense at that point. They still only finished with with two fifty, but they had a, you know right a little less than a hundred yards, and then really in a little more than a quarter, they went for one fifty. So they did all their damage late in that game, and it left it left kind of a bitter pill in your mouth. But Alabama was you know looked like the the nineteen point favorite that they were for most of that game. So they're at home. They and they, they remember what happened last year. That was a one of the most difficult losses that, that Saban's had at Alabama and he's had some. I mean he's had some rip your guts out kind of losses, but that was one of them. So I yeah, I think I think Alabama should win this game.
3: I do too. I haven't picked the score yet.
5: I will later on in the week. Of course we do it for Tide and you do it on your Friday shows, but um I'm I'm thinking Alabama may put three quarters together and win it. But um Two two key plays, and that's the uh, opening drive of the third quarter. Alabama's just dominating. They, unfortunately, they have to settle for a field goal. And then you mentioned the key face mask really flipped Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But you know, this Alabama team just finds ways to win, and they've done it again. And. um I sure as heck hope they do it again on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and Tennessee's strength this year, offensively unlike last year, is the run game. That's their strength. Milton's kind of really struggled to throw the ball. Alabama against the run defensively is really, really good. So, uh, you know, I think that plays in Alabama's hands as well. Hey, what's uh, coming up on the podcast?
5: Well, the podcast will be uh, recorded later this afternoon, so can't really tell you, but I'm sure it'll be dominated by the third Saturday in October. And, of course, uh, we've got our show coming up in just a little while. Noon on Tide 100.9 and uh, appreciate Gary Love Talking NASCAR. Hey to Tom Roberts.
1: Yeah, he's listening. Yeah, so I'm glad you told him hello because I know he's listening. Thanks, Matt.
5: Thank you. See y'all.
1: All right, nine forty seven here on the Gary Harris Show. And the YMCA of Tuscaloosa is all about community. Yeah, it's all about helping you have the tools that you need to get fit I, and live a healthier lifestyle. I understand that. That's you know, that's what you're thinking. But it's it's a community organization. And it's in communities all across the country. The Y is a voice on health and well-being, bringing families closer together, encouraging good health and fostering connections through fitness, sports, and fun. And you really almost do become like a Y family. You know, when I, because I work out, usually when I work out, it's right around 1130 based on my schedule. So when I go in there at 1130, I'll be back in there tomorrow tomorrow. I'm going to see the people that are in there usually right around the time that I am. And it's hey man how are you? How are you? You know, it's 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 kind of neat in that regard. It's not a it's not a pressure gym, you know, everybody's trying to get fit, but everybody's very nice and respectful, family oriented. You know, there's nobody in there screaming or hollering or, you know, trying to you know, put on a show or anything like that. It's just a a great great environment and as i said great community organization and uh, i encourage you to get by and, and and visit and let them show you around at 2313th street downtown also 205-345-9622 or Tuscaloosa.org. all right we'll be back to wrap up hour number one of the gary harris show we can get some more phone calls into the first domain condos hotline 205-342-9904 we're back after this
0: Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join
1: us tomorrow for more conversation
5: as we head into recruiting with Max Recruiting. Also keys to victory as we head into the third Saturday in October. That conversation and more as the third Saturday of October quickly approaches. Join us on the Martin Houston Show powered by Max Sports.
0: Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9
5: course is an
1: 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and Fitting Specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Tide
2: 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another beautiful day today with a sunny sky, the high 73. Fair tonight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. The chance of a shower by afternoon. Showers are more likely tomorrow night. The high tomorrow at 73 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 55 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
1: If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept, Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timberson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas, open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m., available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. As much as free has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time whether it's for a game day weekend to reminisce on college days or to create new memories if you're looking for a good time there's only one thing to do head to the free at 1925 university boulevard and don't forget about the lucky lunch Meet and three special monday through friday from 11 a.m until 2 p.m get a meat and three vegetables for just 8 49 or for a lighter appetite try the lucky lunch soup salad or sandwich combo i'll see you at the free
0: you're listening to the gary harris show oh my- for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 9.53.
1: 9.53. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Ty 100.9 FM and 12.30 AM WTBC. A reminder, Friday, our Bama football trivia contest presented by T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We've been giving away some phenomenal, phenomenal um, prizes this year. And we're going to give away another one on Friday. It's going to be, uh, and I've got it in my car. i got to snap a picture of it and uh, get it out on social media uh, tomorrow. It is the uh, print from Roman Harper's uh, fumble-forcing Uh, Play in the 2005 Tennessee-Alabama game that served to give Alabama the victory. Remember Alabama that year was undefeated up until the LSU game. They were having a phenomenal year under Mike Shula. It would turn out to be the only good year they had under Mike Shula, but they were undefeated. That was their first uh, win over Tennessee in a while since uh, I want to say 2002 when Fran had beat them. It's only been a couple of years, but still... um, they got the win and uh, they were up undefeated up until the LSU that game year that year. And, and they lost in overtime to LSU. And then of course went to the iron boat <clears throat> and got uh, that was the honk. If you've sacked Brody game where Auburn sacked uh, Brody Coral, I don't know how many times it was 10, 11, 12 times. It was unbelievable. Uh, Chris caps. One of the offensive tackles had a really tough time that, that day. And Auburn got after Alabama pretty good, but That game against Tennessee that year was one of the highlights of the season. Remember how good Alabama was early in the year when they had Tyrone Prothrow. And remember, he was lost for, uh, not just for the season, but for his entire career, really, against uh, Florida uh, with that that knee injury that he suffered late in that game when Alabama was absolutely clocking the Gators. But Alabama was a really good team, but uh, Roman Harper's play uh, provided Alabama with that victory, and we're going to give away that print on friday from t-town menswear and t-town gallery university mall so you want to be ready for that and also speaking of friday i will be live at brick and spoon that morning Uh, i'll be doing the show from brick and spoon so come by and see us downtown timberson square Uh, they open at 7 a.m for breakfast brunch and lunch i'll be there from 9 to 11 with my show and uh justin and Noah will be back here in the studio managing things and handling the contest and all that, but I will be on location. I guess probably, Justin, uh, Noah, will just uh, probably just stream yard. Probably the easiest way for me to do that. Yeah, just through. Yeah, that's probably what we'll do, but uh, but I will be on location Friday morning at um, Brick and Spoon. So come by and see me, and uh, we'll be just set up. I'll be, you know, like I said, just be me, and uh, be low-key, but we'll uh, we'll have the the show over there and get to visit with some of you folks. And of course, one of my great advertisers, brick and spoon. So we're looking forward to that. All right, that's going to wrap it up for hour number one of the Gary Harris show. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama credit union member owned and not for profit. It's just a better way of banking. Find out more at AlabamaCU.com. All right, we're going to kick off the second hour with a guest, um, Dan Harrelson from Vols wire, part of the USA network there in Knoxville, USA today sports network. And he's going to give us uh, Alabama, Tennessee from the Vols perspective. And uh, he's a great guest. He uh, he covers Tennessee, but he's got ties to Alabama, so we'll break it down with him. And then we'll also have audio from Josh Heupel, his press conference this week in the second hour. More of your phone calls as well. Another hour of the Gary Harris Show is on the way on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. <laughs>
0: Here's Nick Cope.
4: The Phillies have taken a 2-0 series lead in the NLCS thanks to a 10-0 blowout win over the Diamondbacks Tuesday night. Cal Schwarber hit two home runs, and Philly starter Aaron Nola threw six scoreless with seven strikeouts. Series now shifts to Phoenix for games three and four. NFL media reports Dolphin star corner Jalen Ramsey will return to practice today, less than three months since having meniscus surgery. Ramsey won't play this weekend, but the 21-day window has been open for him to be activated off injured reserve. ESPN reports Rams running back Kyron Williams is expected to miss multiple games with an ankle injury, but he should be back at the latest following the team's bye in Week 10. Vikings place linebacker Marcus Davenport on IR. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain. And the NFL officially extended Commissioner Ron Trigodell's contract for three years through March of 2027. Always
0: live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom.
2: Today, we may find out what happened to Mountain Brook teenager Natalie Holloway when she disappeared from a graduation trip to Aruba in 2005. A drive through flu clinic being held at the Tuscaloosa County Health Department at 2350 Hargrove Road East until 1.30 this afternoon. Shots are $10 unless you have Blue Cross Blue Shield insurance, Medicare, or Medicaid. In sports, Pickens Academy, one of four Alabama Independent School Association members moving to the Alabama High School Athletic Association. The move is effective next year. For
0: the latest local news in Tuscaloosa, Alabama sports updates, and severe weather information, download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app, never pay for your news, and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA twenty-three. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide one hundred point nine, and streaming on the Tide one hundred point nine app. All right,
1: here we go. Hour number two, of the Gary Harris Show for this Wednesday. October 18, 2023, the Hump Day edition continues, and uh, we've got another great hour ahead. We're going to get it started here talking Bama, Tennessee in just a moment. First, I need to tell you, though, this hour of the program being brought to you, as always, by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Patterson Comer, Paul Patterson, and Mike Comer, they got their feet on the ground in West Alabama. Paul Patterson's office is in Tuscaloosa. You can reach him at 205-345-1000. Mike's is in downtown Northport. You can call him at 205-759-3939. If you've been involved in an automobile accident, had a personal injury, wrongful death, product liability, or an 18-wheeler accident, yeah, you can call one of the big 1-800 firms that you see on TV, and they'll they'll talk you through it. But you know what? You'll probably never meet your lawyer. If you do have to go to court for some reason, you won't know the lawyer that you're going to be represented by until you get to court. That's not the case with Patterson Comer they're here. You'll look them in the eye. You'll meet with them personally. They will do what is needed to get you the best settlement, even if it takes a little more time. And yes, if you have to go to court, they'll be there in the court with, with you. And remember, there's never any money out of pocket. You don't pay unless they collect for you. Patterson Comer Law Firm. Find out more at
4: no representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers.
1: All right, let's jump out on the first main condominiums hotline and welcome in Dan Harrelson. He's the managing editor of Vols Wire USA Today Sports, and there in Knoxville, he's been on the program before. He's an author. He has uh, covered Tennessee for many years. He's got ties to the state of Alabama as well, and uh, gives us a unique perspective on this game. Good morning, Dan.
6: How are you? I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well. It should be an interesting uh, matchup. It uh, really Saturday should. And...
1: Yeah, yeah, it really should be. And I want to visit, because uh, you and I remember doing this interview last year before the game, and and we felt like, both of us, that it was going to be a tough game, that Tennessee was improved, and Tennessee could give Alabama some trouble. But we both felt like Alabama would find a way to win the football game. It didn't happen. Uh, Tennessee, for the first time ever, beat a uh, Nick Saban coached Alabama team. I, I've talked to some Alabama fans about this Um and, of course, the, the the celebration afterwards. But I said, well, imagine this. When you lost six in a row to Auburn, imagine what that was like. And when you lost that seven in a row to Tennessee, imagine doubling that and a little more, losing 15 games in a row to I mean, Alabama fans can't relate because it's never happened. I don't think it ever will happen. But Tennessee had lost 15 straight games to Alabama. So from that standpoint, I understand the celebration. I thought maybe it crossed the line a little bit. But that was a wild Saturday afternoon in Knoxville last year, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, and
6: yeah. speaking of storm in the field after that game, like you said, 15 games or whatever it was, I mean, Tennessee fans, uh, they'll do that. I think it happened in 82 after uh, it did. the Alabama win. and mm-hmm. Yeah, 98 against Florida. So it's its kind of rare circumstances that, that has to build up from a series of losses like you mentioned. So it happened, what, three times in the last 40-plus years. Uh, I don't think that will happen again next year in Knoxville. Tennessee does beat Alabama, even if it's a game like last year's was just because they, they've done that. And look, maybe we all know this is a series of streaks. I think Tennessee's uh, biggest may have been seven from 95 to, to 04. It was. Uh, yeah, or actually 01, because I, I think the 02 game. Yeah, Alabama
1: Davis won crazy. up there in, in Knoxville in 02, but it was seven. And at you, the one you mentioned in 82, you referenced Alabama under Bryant, and won 11 in a row until um, right. you know Tony Robinson the Vols snapped that one. And then the Vols won Seven in a row. Alabama went on another streak and won seven in a row up through, I guess it was 92 before Tennessee tied them in 93. And then Tennessee, you know, with Peyton Manning started a streak, as you said, and won seven in a row. And then had kind of had the upper hand for a while until Saban got here. And then then 15 in a row, which still blows my mind. If you had told me at one point in time when Tennessee was on top in this deal that Alabama would ever beat them 15 in a row, I'd have said you're crazy. But, uh, but they did. And of course, well, I know
6: that, that's what happens when you have the greatest coach of all <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, a lot of people think. And then, of course, Tennessee was chasing coaches there for a little mm-hmm. bit. So it just all kind of came together.
1: Well, let's talk about uh, this year's Tennessee team because it's so much different than last year's team. And, um, I think a lot of people felt like, well, Joe Milton stayed around and, and he, he learned under uh, Hooker and you know, he's got the, the mega arm, which we know, you know, they say he can stand on one goal line and throw it to the other goal line. Of course, from what I've seen, the problem is he can throw it 100 miles an hour, but he throws it 100 miles an hour, <laughs> whether it's a five-yard pass or a 50-yard pass. But nonetheless, uh, this Tennessee team runs the ball really well. Uh, he is capable in the passing game, but he's not had a, a great year throwing the football. Uh, so Heupel, with what good coaches do is kind of adjusted Tennessee's attack offensively, hasn't he, Dan?
6: Yeah, and it, it's so uh, crazy because speaking of Joe Milton. He's he's been on and off, but some of the times the receivers are dropping just wide open balls. But then again, when uh, but I, it, half the time Joe Milton's uh, having issues with accuracy and decision making. But when he's on. Just drop passes this year, so but but you mentioned it uh, running the ball very very well. Number six nationally, about two thirty one a game on the ground. So that's a really good recipe alongside with the success Tennessee's had on the defensive side in sacks and just against the the run. And really, Alabama and Tennessee are pretty much similar in every statistical team category except for sacks allowed and the the rushing offense, like I alluded to. So that's why I think it's going to be a, a very interesting game. And speaking of old games in this series, I, I could see both teams offensively clicking together and have a score like 51-43 like we saw in 03, or we could see a 05 where the offenses continue to, to sputter and have like a 6-3 top score. I can just see it going so many different ways just because of all the variables that we've seen through – Six to seven games through,
1: through each team. Would Tennessee kind of change in the way that they play offensively and, and running the ball so effectively? They've also kind of slowed down uh, a little bit to kind of fit what they do, which uh, not as I don't think that's the way Hypel wants to play. I think he wants to play fast. I think he wants to throw it uh, a lot and you know and, and work in the run game. But uh, uh, what about the pace of play? It's been uh, a lot slower this year.
6: Yeah, and uh, I've actually watched the I've watched a couple of games for the South Florida. Uh, of course Alex Golish is the head coach there. He was O. C. under Hypo last year at Tennessee. And I went back and watched the Bama game also against South Florida and it looks like Golish is mixing tempo also just like Josh is this year. So I don't know if, if that's something planned where where they're just trying to throwing a wrinkle this year since both of those guys are doing it, or with him being first-year head coach at a place like South Florida, maybe he doesn't have the correct player personnel, kind of like what Hype was going through here. But I've noticed both of those guys are doing it, and it is a, really a, a weird mix-up, especially this year with the new clock rules. and It's really bleeding a lot of time off the clock uh, as far as drives go also. So it definitely is a change-up. Uh, as we're accustomed to seeing Josh Hoff will go really, really fast and round that thirty second, twenty nine seconds, sometimes twenty eight on the, on the play clock, getting it off, it's a little bit lower than that this year.
1: Dan, from your perspective there, covering the Vols, uh, but but uh, certainly prepping for the game, looking at Alabama, I'm curious of what you've seen because this this Alabama team we know is a lot different too. I mean, last year's team was disappointing by the standard and by the preseason expectations. They lost two games on the final play of the game. To Tennessee and LSU, but that that kept Alabama from reaching any of its goals, which was the SEC championship game, the playoff, obviously an opportunity to win the national championship. So you go into this year with a with a much different team, a much different style quarterback after a run of elite passers. You've got a you know a dual threat guy in, in Milrow, an outstanding athlete who's made some big big plays in the passing game, but has been inconsistent. Uh, the offensive line's big and appears to be powerful, but they've had issues defensively. Alabama's been good, but uh, it's not the the vintage Alabama teams that we've seen, you know. Know, they're they're in the twenties scoring and and you know having to 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 gut out these wins even though they are six and one and four and zero in the SEC. What's your take on Alabama?
6: Yeah, I think uh, you know looking at last year's uh, Bama and Tennessee teams. Obviously, both teams are dealing with new quarterbacks, so that's that's one element of it, especially on the Bama side. But I think the transfer portal and NIL ha- has really. Provided a level playing field, more parity, not just throughout the SEC, but college football as a whole. I mean, look at Texas. Who knows where they would be right now if they weren't given every single offensive lineman NIL money that the way that they have. They, they could still be rebuilding uh, with in there and not coming into Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. and, and winning a game. But, you know, Alabama is still very, very talented, I think it's a lot like Tennessee. Just got to get the quarterback going consistently. And who knows, maybe this is a springboard game for for a guy like Milro, especially right before that LSU game. That's going to be another one, another huge game for Bama. But Jermaine Burton, I mean, that guy, it seems like he's like a pierced off for for Florida and Bowers at, at Georgia, just a guy that can take over a game. So it'll be very, very interesting to see how, they go about this game offensively, game planning uh, more touches for Burton, Isaiah Bond, those top guys, and, and trying to get the run game involved too. I would imagine that uh, this game could be played in the uh, either the low thirties, high twenties. Uh, it should be interesting, but like I said, I I, I think you can go so many different ways, but it's ultimately going to come down to Milro Milrow, and uh, Milton to, to see who has a better game.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you I just it's hard to get a uh, get a vibe on how this game's going to play out and that's why it's going to be so interesting the vibe there in Knoxville what is it I mean I know last year was a major high as we talked about maybe a little bit you know surprising the outcome based on where the two teams were um you know going into the season and even going into that game uh is that seen as an outlier do you think Tennessee people are confident that they're you know, that they're capable of coming here and winning the game. What's the, what's the vibe of the Tennessee people, the fan base?
6: Yeah, the, the fan base, they, they believe. I mean, they're not going around saying that they're going to, you know, straight up win the game, but they they believe they have a, uh, not just a, you know, a, a punching chance, but they believe they can go down and, and, and win the game. I mean, they still have a lot of respect for Coach Saban and, and that program, but they also realize they got over that hump last year and, you know, this year that maybe they start their own streak, we'll see. But they—they they also there's another element of the uh, from a series standpoint, what Saturday's game can mean for for Tennessee fans going to Tuscaloosa, because uh, I've heard a, quite a few people say this with, with the the rumors about maybe having the one seven model for for the SEC going forward after next year, that would eliminate. Tennessee every year so we don't truly know when the the next time Tennessee will play in Tuscaloosa true, in yeah. series. and obviously what coach Saban turns 72 in a couple weeks and who knows the, the shelf life on, on his career as the head coach of Alabama this will be the last time Tennessee has the opportunity to try to defeat coach Saban at Bryant-Denny Stadium so there's so many different elements from that aspect but <laughs> That they truly believe that, that they can go down there and, and play now, but with uh, a team and a program under Stavin Alabama.
1: Any concern about the fact that Tennessees had one true road game and they load an egg, laid an egg, uh, and, and I don't know that this is a vintage Alabama team, but I think Alabama's a lot better than Florida. Uh, now that has to be concerning. I mean, they went into Gainesville against a team that on paper Tennessee should beat, regardless of where they play, and uh, played very poorly.
6: Right, yeah, yeah, not not the best outing there. But I think people need to also realize that Cooper Mays did not play in that game. He actually came back from a hernia a surgery in- injury that took place in fall camp. So he, he didn't come back until, I think, three weeks ago against South Carolina and, of course, the open day and then played against Texas A&M. The communication and the tempo has been a lot better with him And the ground game has really benefited also. It allowed Ollie Lane to go back to left guard. He filled in at center for the first couple games. So I think if they were to line up and play Florida again with Cooper Mays, I think it would be a different outcome. They had a couple bad plays defensively that Florida was able to capitalize on big scoring plays. And, of course, Tennessee started out the game 7-0. Josh Heifel does a really good scripting plays mm-hmm. uh, i think i think 21 of the 32 games he's been head coach that they have uh, points on the board open uh, series uh, they actually did not have points last week against the aggies but they did move the ball to have a chance for that so that's another element to keep an eye on uh tomorrow to see if tennessee can score those early points and, and kind of try to Uh, take control of the game and and maybe get the crowd out of it
1: dan harrelson with us uh from vols wire talking tennessee alabama big picture for the vols this year and obviously everything you know is built in the east around georgia as it should be but um you have the one loss but it doesn't really matter from the standpoint that tennessee is going to get a crack at georgia at Neyland Stadium, uh, on uh, November the eighteenth. So theoretically, you know, if you beat Alabama, you beat Kentucky, uh, you beat Missouri, and those none of those games are given by any means. But um, is there a thought process there that that Tennessee is um, still in this thing, and and re- and, and realistically uh, has a good enough football team to maybe make it to Atlanta?
6: Yeah. Okay. And of course, with the Brock Bowers news. Anything can happen. Look, nobody's looked perfect this year within the SEC. That's so right. Even That includes Georgia. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a chance. I mean, Tennessee's got an 11-game home winning streak also. Uh, it's, Neyland Stadium the last couple of years has turned into a true home field advantage. Just the, the element of uh, uh, the lights and the light show and all that stuff, built-in speakers, uh, the party deck that Danny White implemented just astonishing. It looks totally different, and, and it's huge. But, yeah, Tennessee uh, were to win Saturday and, and could possibly run the table and, and get to Atlanta. You, you could see Bama and, and Tennessee again because, uh, I mean, Bama is undefeated right now in the conference. If you have one loss and they take care of business the rest of the regular season, you could have a rematch. And I don't know if Tennessee could beat Alabama twice if that was the scenario. But, yeah, there's a lot of ball to, to be played. And even if Alabama were to lose this, that they can still have a shot uh, to get to Atlanta, win that game, and potentially be a two-loss playoff game.
1: Yeah, scenarios are, are still alive for the Vols. Well, great stuff. Um, always appreciate you coming on. Are you comfortable making a score prediction? I don't know what you have going up there in your neck of the woods if you like to predict a game this early, but do you have a? Uh, will you make a, a prediction for us?
6: Yeah, I usually put that on out on Friday. That's what I was wondering about. But really, well, you don't
1: have to. You don't have to to pull the pull the lid yeah, off I, here if I you I don't really want don't to. I really
6: don't know. But I would. I would right now. I would lean Alabama's for home field. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I can see this game going so many different ways. Just like last week for Tennessee against A and M, and but I, I think home field is where I'm at right now with Alabama, maybe uh, squeaking out a win, uh, just being at Bryant Denny Stadium.
1: All right. Final question regards to uh, the league and in the the perception that it's down. And listen, I, I with the run of quarterbacks they've been on in this conference, you could you could certainly make that case. Where do you come in on that, Dan? Do you think the SEC is down this year based on results we're getting when SEC teams play outside the league?
6: A little bit. Uh, I I think when you look at LSU, their their opening loss to Florida State, I mean, LSU's a talented team. I mean, they have a chance to win the rest of the game. Oh, absolutely, they do. Yeah, and then you look at Bama. If you play Bama-Texas maybe about right now, that could be a different outcome. Uh, I just think going back to the portal and NIL, there's just so much parity right now, and I don't necessarily think it's down. I, I just think it's the landscape of college football right now, and I think more teams are probably average or above average than we've had in in the league in in past years. But uh, it's definitely not the the same as it used to be uh, where you had some true playoff championship caliber teams. But your Alabamas, your Georgias, your LSUs, heck, even Tennessee's got some talent now and a path to Atlanta if they can take care of business. I just think there's still a lot of really, really good teams. I mean, look at Ole Miss. I mean, they're a good team, and Alabama was uh, able to, to get that win. But, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss uh, has a chance to, to to make some noise, too. If they if they were to win out and not win the uh, West, I mean, who knows? Uh, they could be – of course, college football right now with so many undefeated teams and spread out through different conferences. I don't know if a, a team like Ole Miss would have a chance to just – because there's so many undefeated teams right now at the moment.
1: Well, Jane, you do a great job of covering Tennessee there for uh, Vols Wire, and uh, you're going to have a ton more coverage this week on the third Saturday in October. If people are listening and want to um, track you, uh, go ahead and give them the Twitter slash X handle and, and tell them how they can get uh, some more Tennessee information from you.
6: Yeah, online at Dan Harrelson and dot We have a ton of game week. Information and stories uh, going on this week already and just excited. So I'll actually be there in Tuscaloosa this Saturday. So very much looking forward to that. And we'll have some coverage from game day also on Saturday.
1: Oh, good. I look forward to seeing you there in the press box and uh, and saying hello before the game, my friend.
6: Actually, I'll, I'll be on the field. I'll be uh, shooting photos. So oh, be you'll be down field. with f- well, well, us. Well, listen, the, you need to come
1: up. You need to come up before the game, though, and eat a meal. So... Uh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, come up, come up the press box before the game, and uh, get you. I think maybe they have some hot dogs or something down down there on the field. But come up and and uh, and eat, okay. and uh, we'll say hello. And then you get your, you know, you get they give you a vest to be on the sidelines, and so you can come up and and then go back down. All right, thanks for the time, my friend. All right, thank you. All right, Dan Harrelson from uh, Vols Wire, giving us a uh, Tennessee perspective on the third Saturday in October. Justin, Noah, they're uh, 'cause because uh, Dan Dan's really down to earth. He kind of tells it like it is. I'm, I'm not. I guess surprised, but I kind of t- sense that anyway. I think these Tennessee fans believe that uh, they can make it two in a row. I don't think they're coming in here with the idea, well, we won last year, and that's going to have to hold us over for a while. I think they're pretty, I think they're pretty confident. So. You know, we'll see on Saturday. 1022 here on the Gary Harris Show, and we're wide open the rest of the way. No more guests, although we are going to get to some Josh Heupel audio. But if you want to give us a ring on the First and Main condominiums hotline, you can do so at 205-342-9904. And speaking of First and Main condominiums, man, alive. It's beautiful right now on the Black Warrior River, the... uh Leaves are starting to change, the color starting to come out, and that is a great place to live when you want to uh, enjoy the fall, man. It's uh, it's scenic. I say it's like a, it's like a Hallmark movie down there, man. That's what the setting looks like, but really it is beautiful. And and um, if you're interested in living in a, a secure, gated community with ultra modern condominiums, three bedrooms, three and a half baths brand new appliances, washers and dryers provided. Uh, You've got to look at First and Main condominiums in Northport. Find out more at firstandmaincondos.com. com. Uh, Go look at the pictures, uh, look at the video tour, FirstDevainCondos.com, or give them a call at 205-657-7465. That's 205-657-7465. And set up a tour. I uh, know of what I speak. I live there, and I love it. All right, we'll be back with more of the program right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Hey, Bama fan. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend to reminisce on college days or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Three special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and three vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprise has come your way Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans mortgages and auto loans they offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans mortgages and auto loans Alabama Credit Union loans for real life visit alabamacu.com to learn more some rules and restrictions apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel
2: good about your money Tide 100.9
0: Tuscaloosa weather
2: another Beautiful day today with a sunny sky. The high seventy-three. Fair tonight. The low at fifty. Tomorrow increasingly cloudy. The chance of a shower by afternoon. Showers are more likely tomorrow night. The high tomorrow at seventy-three degrees. I'm James Spam on the ABC thirty-three forty Weather Center on Tide one hundred point nine. It's sixty-one degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Alabama Crimson Tide lives right here. The-
1: 100.9 1026 welcome back into the Gary Harris show interesting uh, announcement uh, for us here at uh, Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM TBC. you Alabama fans are in for more, even more great coverage on our Stations, Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, will now feature Fox Sports coverage at select times throughout the week. The schedule will change slightly from day to day, but in general, listeners can expect to hear Fox Sports late nights after 10 p.m., early mornings before 6 a.m., on weekends in between football game coverage. During the day, listeners will also get hourly sports updates from Fox Sports at the beginning of every local show. So this is a really good partnership for us. And through our partnership, we'll have access to uh, Fox Sports hosts that we can have on our shows from time to time. But just great to have those little quick-hitting sports updates and uh, a good partnership for us here, and uh, we're excited about that. All right, obviously, we're excited, too, about uh, what's coming up this Saturday. We've been talking a lot about Alabama and Tennessee this week, and we'll continue to. Uh, Dan Harrelson from Vols Wire made it clear that that Tennessee's not just coming down here to put in an appearance. That just because they won last year and snapped a 15-game losing streak and the games in Tuscaloosa, they're not coming in here with the idea of well, um, you know, we won last year, that's enough to hold us. They've still got they've still got big goals, and that loss to Florida was a setback for them. There's no doubt about that, but they do have Georgia coming into their place and. They've got a tough schedule the rest of the way, but let's let's run down Tennessee a little bit here and just kind of see where they're at. They opened with that big blowout win over f- Virginia, and then they played Austin Peay, so, yeah, you know, they're 2-0, as they should be. But then they went into Gainesville on September 16th and laid an egg and got beat 29-16 by a Florida team on paper that isn't as good as them. Bounced back to beat Texas San Antonio 45-14, Rolled South Carolina in Knoxville. That was a payback game from last year, 41-20. And then, of course, after a bye week, took care of Texas A&M. That was the win that I think kind of has got them now trending in what they feel like is the right direction. They lose that game. They were going to come in here with not a lot of momentum, not a lot of positive vibes. But they gutted out a 2013 win over the Aggies. And now they come in here to Tuscaloosa with the idea <clears throat> that if we went out, we're going to Atlanta. And that's the truth. <laughs> if they went out, they're, they're going to Atlanta. But they got to beat Alabama this week. Then they'd have to win at Kentucky. Then after a non-conference game at Utah, they'd have to win at Missouri. Win at home against Georgia. And then, of course, should beat Vanderbilt. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama, Kentucky, Missouri, and Georgia. In fact, I you could argue that they might not beat any of those teams. But I guess if you're a Tennessee person, you'll argue that, hey, yeah, we're capable of winning every one of those games, playing them one at a time. So that's what you do if you're a fan. I've talked about that before. The fans always see best-case scenario. And best-case scenario, if you're a Tennessee fan, is that we get hot. Uh, we start getting a little more creative and productive in the passing game. We've got a good running game. We've got a good defense. We've got a good defensive front. And Tennessee does have a good defense. I mean, the most points that they've given up this year were the 29 points against Florida so they've yet to have a team score more than or score 30 points or more against them so they've been they've been very good 13 against Virginia 13 against Austin P 29 against Florida 14 against Texas San Antonio 20 against South Carolina and 13 against AM so they've got a good they've got a good defensive football team as we have talked about this game is a lot different on paper than last year's game last year's game, Even though Bryce Young was not 100%, he played great. Two prolific passing teams with Bryce Young and Hendon Hooker as the quarterbacks. credible wide receivers for both teams. And it was a shootout. I mean, it was a shootout and then some. 52-49. Now you've got very athletic quarterbacks who are a little inconsistent passing, but can make plays in the passing game, but can certainly use their legs. Both teams' running games are pretty good. Tennessee's running game has been excellent. Alabama has gotten better. The defenses are solid. Both kicking games are good. So, you know, 52-49 last year, as Dan Harrelson was saying, this year wouldn't be surprising if it was 22-19 or 17-13. I'll go and tell you my prediction, because I made it last night on Tighter Insider TV. I've got it Alabama 27-17. So... I don't think Tennessee is going to give up thirty points, but I think the Bama defense is going to keep Tennessee in check. So I got twenty-seven seventeen. All right, ten thirty-two. We got to get to the break. When we come back, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Vols, Josh Heupel. His press conference from this week. We'll have it for you next, right here on the Gary Harris Show, at tie one hundred point nine FM and twelve thirty a.m. WTBC
0: Patterson. Coach of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 1034,
1: welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. It's uh, 26 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock and we're rocking and rolling this morning. Uh, it's the Wednesday Day Edition. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, Noah Haynes, and kind of been... Uh, Talking about uh, Alabama and Tennessee a lot, obviously. We took a few phone calls. We can get some more phone calls in if you want to give us a ring on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205 342 Ran down the SEC schedule for you. Talked a little bit of basketball. We're going to talk more tomorrow uh, about the Crimson Tide after Nate Oates meets with the uh, media today over in Mountain Brook. So we'll have a little more basketball discussion coming up on the program tomorrow. Right now, though, we're going to stick with uh, the third Saturday in October. Uh, Of course, we cover uh, Nick Saban here in in Tuscaloosa, and we'll have his... uh Wednesday post-practice press conference this evening, but uh, Josh Heupel also met with the media this week there in Knoxville, and uh, we've got uh, some of his press conference. We're not going to play at all, but we're going to uh, take him off the top from Monday when he w- met with the media there in Knoxville, Tennessee. Here's the head coach of the Vols. Um,
7: uh, proud of our football team, the way they played and competed, um, you know, physical football game. Um but uh, the resiliency, the, uh, the ability to continue to just uh, play the next play. Uh, really proud of that. Um, a lot of really positive things, some things that uh, we got to clean up before we, uh, we get to this week in, in Tuscaloosa. A uh, really good football team that we're playing. Um, they're playing well, all three phases of the football game. Um, their quarterback's playing extremely well, been accurate with football down the field. Uh, obviously, he's extremely dynamic with his feet as well. Uh, defensively uh, they're creating a bunch of negative plays uh, hitting the quarterback sacks and uh, tackles for loss and uh, special teams are are really good so a huge test for us uh, one that uh, we'll be excited for and and, uh, got focused on our preparation here this week so open it up Rob.
6: Coach, you mentioned the physicality you guys played with. When you flipped on the tape, just what jumped out about your offensive line and kind of what, I guess, what kind of statement does it make to have that sort of success against what was the best run defense in the SEC before Saturday? Uh,
7: They played extremely physical. Uh, I thought they did a really good job uh, with everything that was going on uh, from the perspective of what we're seeing defensively from them. Uh, The communication was elite. Coop did a great job getting everybody on the same page. Uh, Our running backs were, were really solid with the football, pressing their aiming points. Uh, bouncing when they need to they made some plays uh, but running tough too uh, moving the pile uh, during the course of the ball game to uh, initial contact might have been at three four five and and finding a way to to eke out more yards there and and uh you know turn third down into a short yard situation and or uh getting a first down on some of those runs so all in all really good performance from those guys offensive line uh tight ends and the running backs
4: you talked about the importance of crowd noise the past two weeks. Now going on the road in a hostile environment, what did you guys learn from that Florida game that maybe can help you this week?
7: Yeah, uh, end of the day, uh, we got to do a great job of communicating. Um, you got to focus on your job and uh, be dialed into that. Uh, it's 11 on 11 when you're inside the line, so um, you know we've continued to work that. Um, believe we'll be be ready for it when we uh, hit game day.
3: As Milton and his receivers continue to build that connection, what would you say is the biggest contributor as to why we haven't seen more production from them at this point
7: in the season? Uh, um, you know, there, there's a few things fundamentally that Joe did uh, that caused a, a couple of passes to be a little bit off target. There's a couple of catches that we got to make. Uh, end of the day, uh, we got to continue to grow that way. We do have great belief in, in our guys and uh, where we can get to.
5: Coach, you said after the game you hadn't
1: been a part of one like that in terms of scoring. When you get into a game like that from a from a head coach managing standpoint, how different is that? Is was there things that when you rewatched from a management standpoint that you have to call and do a game differently
7: in that style versus the shootout style that typically your offense is a part of? Yeah, you second-guessing some of my calls or what? Oh, I'm asking if the, if you got to yeah, make some... Sec-
1: guess. You second-guess some of your calls
5: post-game.
7: Uh, listen, each game, I, you hear me say it, uh, each each Saturday uh, essentially is a new season. Uh, each game unfolds and the identity of the game takes place during the course of the game. Um, you got to manage all those situations, you know, from, from play calls to, um, you know, what decisions you're making in, in special teams, uh, all of it, and, and um, so i um, proud that we, we got a win, and, and um, you continually evaluate what you're doing in all areas, and then also uh, try to push those lessons forward, too.
6: Coach, with the transition from Coach Ghost last year now Coach Halsley, and you guys have always talked about, you know,
7: play calling and the game plan is all communal with everybody involved yep. in it. How's that operation gone? What well, can you tell us about how the operation is yeah, going? Re- yeah, really pretty play. seamless, um, the transition. Uh, Joey's been with me for I mean, since 2006, we've been together in some form or fashion, except for a couple of years. And and um, so uh, the communication from up top, what we're seeing, what we're doing, um, you know, the adjustments that we make from drive to drive based on uh, defensive structure really hasn't changed much at all. Yeah.
4: Josh, how fun was it to flip on the tape with the defense and watch your defensive line play some physical
7: football? Man, um, just, you know, really proud of the effort. Um, all 11 that were out there on the football field, uh, up front, you know, front six, front seven, um, and in particular our front four uh, just played, uh, played really good football, man. They, they came off the ball. Uh, they were destructive in the run game, guys snagging off and making plays on backdoor cuts, uh, playing with gap integrity. Second level fit it extremely well. And then the ability to get after the quarterback, you know, with just a front four rush, too. I um, thought those guys did a, a really good job of changing the way the game's played. I feel like they are continuing to improve as we go through this season. Um, you know, proud of the effort. Uh, we're going to need a great one from them uh, this Saturday, too. All
1: right, that's some of Josh Heupel for Monday. Uh, these. players these press conferences, uh, you have a post-game press conference on Saturday. I remember when the Monday press conference was a lot more about the upcoming game. But I think with the uh, limited media availability that everybody has now, it seems like these Monday press conferences for, for, to a great deal uh, – are committed to the game from the previous Saturday. So he's sitting there talking about what they did against A&M, and, and you know, I just wanted to get into some more Alabama stuff. And we got a couple phone calls. So we're going to hold and take our calls through the break, but we're going to come on back. Real quickly, I do want to mention this. Uh, I did not mention it in headlines, and I should have. We had a couple college football games uh, in the state last night. Jacksonville State does it again. They're having a phenomenal year, their first year in Conference USA. They rallied for 10 late points to beat Western Kentucky last night. Over at Jacksonville State, 20 to 17, and South Alabama down in Mobile absolutely annihilated Southern Mississippi, 55 to 3. Would have been 62 to three, but they had a touchdown run call back. But 55 to three, South Alabama over Southern Miss. It's been a rough year for Will Hall in Southern Mississippi. And uh, Jacksonville State, man, they keep on getting it done. They beat Western Kentucky last night, 20 to 17 over there in Calhoun County. All right, let's get to a couple phone calls. Uh, we're going to start it off with uh, Ellis here on the First of Main Condos Hotline, and then we'll get to Joseph. Good morning, Ellis. How are you? How's
8: it going, Gary? Harris. It's
1: going well, buddy.
8: Uh, I've done my privilege going up to the town square here where I live and writing uh, row tide and Fall sub and all that stuff. So you'll have to go on X and check it
1: out. Well, I will. I do it every year. Yeah, I have to get up early in the morning. when Do you, they do they you ever to get? Uh, to you ever? You had never got any trouble, have you?
8: No, and the police station's right up there around the corner.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you, i didn't take
8: that street chalk no oh, i know street i know it, it washes
1: off i get it yeah but still yeah. Huh? uh yeah i
8: got a, I had my alabama hoodie on with the hood on you know it's real dark up there just got
1: down there and done my artwork and then left write it up write it up roll tide and rtr and sink the vols and all that's the good right. stuff i guess that you put up yeah i'll have that's to check right. that out for sure i'd love to see those those pictures uh, do you? Uh, or do I? Do we? Do you follow me on Twitter? Or yes, I do. Okay, let me find you real quick. I want to make sure I check that out. What's your What's your Twitter X uh, uh, account uh, handle? Do you have it handy? Uh,
8: it's
1: just Dallas Wheeler. Okay. Yeah. I'm. Gonna, but I'm going to make sure I got access to that because I do want to check it out. I might. I might even repost some of that stuff there. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, since we follow each other, you're easy, you're an easy find. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, I got you. So yeah, I'll check it out.
8: Yeah, check it out. And uh, like I was telling the young man that answered the phone, uh, you know who Josh Happle looks like,
1: don't you? Uh, I'm trying to think now. I've never really thought about it. Um, no, I don't. Who <laughs> who is it, Ellis?
8: Bobby on King
1: of the Hill. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm looking at your artwork now. You, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure those people are happy it washes off because I'm sure they don't appreciate. It. <laughs> oh yeah, and guess what? Business
8: is right beside in the lawyer's office, and he's a big Tennessee fan that I know. Uh-huh. You know? And, he, and he, and he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of a friend of mine, and he's always asking, you know, saying, "I'm gonna catch that person one day who's doing."
4: That. Oh, so he doesn't
1: know and it's you. Friend,
8: I know oh, he don't know it's me. Period, I'm, I'm, and, and that I'm, friend of mine will say you'll never know who it is.
1: Even since, uh, even since it washes off like that, it's kind of harmless. I'm still surprised they hadn't tried to set up a, a, a camera the week of the uh, Alabama-Tennessee game to catch you. Yeah, no, I,
8: they had not yet. So I'm gonna keep on doing it. What do you so, think uh, they would do if
1: that. they if they 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 caught you? Think they'd give you a a, a fine or or. <laughs> What do you think they would do? No, nah, I
8: think it's probably, I, I know most of them. Yeah, the, that's
1: your home. They the laugh the it off. I and
8: everything up here, so I think they just What What, what it. is
1: it? Is it about, uh, you're about, it's about two and a half hour drive to Knoxville from where you live, about two and a half, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're, you're not, and, and uh, from Birmingham, it's probably from your house to Birmingham about the same distance or a little less?
8: Mhm,
1: cause it's from here to uh, Tuscaloosa about like three, three and a half. Miles. Yeah, okay, yeah. So you maybe a little over two hours to Birmingham. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a pretty good location. And of course, just up the road in Nashville, right? Sixty miles from
8: that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good little area to live in, right there. You're you're close to you're close to everything. So, well, that's a that's a oh, cool yeah. story about the. And now I'm looking at it like I said, but uh, you uh you didn't hold back with the. Uh, <laughs> the one word we we, we we won't say it on the air but uh uh it's it it it, it think of think of the words uh, the vol stink and then add the next level of that and you probably figure out the word that the <laughs> it goes beyond stink it goes to uh the you know starts with the letters s u let's just say that that's a great yeah, story. Ellison.
8: There,
1: there you go. there that's a that's a that's a man, that's a great story. That is um, and not just a great story but a great visual. So <laughs> I just I take some guts, Always man. Even though, care, even though even though you're 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 that's your home and you know those folks. I uh I still think that's pretty pretty brave. Oh, well, I got to do it. I got to keep
3: doing it just
8: back about them. I got to say, I'm on the front
3: lines for all of us out there. You
1: absolutely are, man. You hey, you don't just talk the talk; you walk the walk. Are you uh, are you coming to the game Saturday? Yes, sir. I'll be there with bells on. I figured you would be, but I just thought I would. I right, give me a because uh, I don't do a whole score prediction segment the way that Fowler does. But give me your score prediction for the game on we'll Saturday. Thirty-one to
8: seventeen.
1: Okay, yeah, I got it. Twenty-seven, seventeen. So we're we're kind of in the in the in the same. Neighborhood, but um, um I tell you something. How old are you, Ellis? I'm fifty nine. Yeah, I'm fifty nine too. I thought about the same age. Look at this. I'll show these guys. See that through the glass? I don't know if that's every. I I will I will nick my hand, or I don't know if it's getting older, and I'll freaking bleed like crazy. I don't even know how I do it. I just cut my top of my hand, and it's. <laughs> I just look down, and it's just bleeding. Does that start happening when you get older, Ellis? Do you bleed more? Uh Yes, sir. Then if you're on blood thinner, it'll do that, too. Okay, well, I'm not on blood thinner, but I'm on uh, blood pressure medicine. Well, I'm, on, I'm on
8: blood thinner. So Medical, yeah, that, I'm just, uh,
1: I nicked my hand somehow, and it's just sitting here bleeding. <laughs> wipe it off and move on. It doesn't it, hurt. It, <laughs> is part of, it is part of it. So. Yeah. All right, well, hey, man, we better get back on the football. But anyway, that's a cool story, my friend, and uh, um, glad you're going to get to come down on Saturday. Yes, sir. Roll Tide. All right. Good to hear from Ellis. And Ellis, listen, now I'm telling you, uh, you can go to his Twitter handle and see the the little graffiti, and that is, it's wash-away chalk, so it doesn't hurt anything, but he's got, uh, I'm trying to see the whole picture here, Roll Tide Vols, you know the word that he used, Roll Tide again, and it's right there for all the people in Manchester, Tennessee to see. So, unless until they wash it off. All right, it's 1048, I tell you what, let's go ahead and get our break in. Joseph, listen, man, you hold, and we'll get to you. We'll have plenty of time with you on the other side of the break, but we need to go ahead and get our break in. Here on the Gary Harris Show, we've we'll got back to wrap up the show. i right, wipe this blood off my
0: hand. Go wash my hand real
1: quick. We'll be back
0: after this. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson.
1: Tune in Thursday, 7.30. J.C. Sherbeth will join us. We'll go around the SEC with J.C. Also in the second hour, Deb will pick his blue plate special off to a hot 5-2 and two start. So
0: stay tuned. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays, 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Hi, I'm Rick. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another beautiful day today with a sunny
2: sky, the high 73. Fair tonight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. The chance of a shower by afternoon. Showers are more likely tomorrow night. The high tomorrow at 73 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today.
1: Winding it down here on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. And reminder, Friday, our Bama Football Trivia. Giveaway with uh, T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We're going to give away that unbelievable Roman Harper print from 2005, winning the game for the Tide against the Vols as we get ready for the third Saturday in October. Right now, let's jump back out on the First Domain Condominiums Hotline and welcome in Joseph. Now, where is Joseph? Hey, hey Justin, where is Joseph going to be today? Is he going to still be all pro Jalen Milroe or is he going to be a little more negative since the Tide struggled a little bit against Arkansas in the second half? Where are you coming down on it today, Joseph?
9: Well, yeah. I just got one question. Okay.
1: If you if you're a bet man, I don't know
9: if you're a bet man or
1: not. I'm not, but I made predictions based on the spreads. I just don't actually bet them. But go ahead and give me your question. Okay. Well, if
9: you're a bet man, who's going to be Alabama's quarterback
1: next year? Well, I. Th- th- that's the problem. Is I'm not a bet man. Number one, and I'm kind of a little bit like Nick Saban. I don't deal in a lot of hypotheticals. I'm I'm not. I can't answer that question because I'm not looking to next year. I'm still in the present, Joseph. I'm still trying to figure out and 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 hope this team can make it to the Atlanta for the SEC championship game in the college football playoff. And I don't know the answer to that question. I I, I can't I can't look that far ahead because I'm focused on what they're trying to get done right now. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I
9: understand what you're saying, but
1: uh I don't know who it'll be. I, I really, I really don't. So I don't, I don't know. Is my answer. So I, don't, I wouldn't want to bet <laughs> on something when what I do don't. Nick... If Jalen Milrow were were to return, I think he'd certainly be the favorite to be the starter. Well,
9: let me ask, you
1: think Nick Saban's there next year? I my my feeling is that he will be. I don't. Uh, but I mean, you know what? It's. I'm just. I guess I'm different. I I always said I probably would have been a good coach because I don't. I don't think that. I'm really not thinking about next year, Joseph. I'm just not. You obviously spend a lot of time. I'm worried about it. how can how how can I worry about 2024 when they're still trying to win? Now, if they were if they were three and four at this point, or or you know four and three and a couple losses in the SEC, then I might be saying, hey, yeah, let's look to let's look to next year. But right now, man, they're unbeaten in the SEC. They're trying to win a conference championship. I can't really. My mind doesn't work that way. I'm not really worried about next I- year.
9: I had one guy tell me that I'm friends with. Mm-hmm. He said, Jalen Miro won't be the starting quarterback next year. I said, Well, how do you know that? That's what I told him. Mm-hmm. And and he said, he said, Well, man, he says, I, It's like Tim Brando said yesterday. I don't know if you heard that, but uh, Tim Brando said, Jalen Miro is a great athlete. He is a wonderful athlete. He's as far as this, if you just judge him on QB, just straight QB, he's not a very good QB. And I, that's what Tim Brando said. I'm like, Wow. I said, well, you know, if you look at it, he is a good athlete. He's a great athlete. Because mm-hmm. Alabama really don't have uh, just an all-star quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. But, but well, uh, you know though Joseph
1: everybody's got an opinion and everybody's going to see things differently and and all I know is is uh, they're trying to win a game every Saturday and if they can keep winning games every Saturday uh, regardless of what Tim Brando or anybody else says and there's a lot of people out there that do not want to see Alabama go to Atlanta we know that if you're not an Alabama fan then you're probably pulling against Alabama but I'll if take Al- Alabama goes to Atlanta If Alabama keeps winning every Saturday they're going cuz they're they're the only team that you know is unbeaten in the conference right now and the west division they control their own destiny and i know you could say well lsu does as well if they beat alabama but if alabama keeps winning they're going to go where they want to go and they're going to have a chance to accomplish what they want to accomplish and you know opinions are are a dime a dozen we've all got them Uh, that's why i have a job here doing a radio show is because people have opinions and want to share them with us but i think right now i'm i'm pretty happy with where this alabama team is at and uh, if they win saturday i'll be even happier and then they get to buy and kind of get to hit the reset button before they play lsu
9: well, I've, I've heard several, like ESPN and a bunch of people talk. I've heard several uh, analysts, like people on podcasts talk, like I'm talking to you. And they said even if Alabama wins the SEC, they just still don't think they get in the playoff without some help. They, that, they said Georgia, if Georgia wins over number one spot, they're in. Pieces. But if Alabama goes in there and beats Georgia, Alabama's still going to have to have help. That's, that's why a bunch of people – ESPN and okay, let me get this
1: straight. If Alabama wins out and then goes to Georgia, goes to Atlanta and beats Georgia to win the SEC championship at twelve and one, they said they're going to need help.
9: Yeah, they're going to be uh, help. Uh, uh,
1: that's not accurate. If Alabama, I, I guarantee you this, I'll be willing, willing, willing to make this prediction. If Alabama is is 12-1 and one and just defeated Georgia for the SEC championship in Atlanta, they're going to the college football playoff. I, now, that I would be willing to place a wager on. So, I that's everybody, like I said, everybody can have a right to their opinion. But if Alabama's 12-1 and one and the SEC champion with just one loss against Texas, they're going to be in the playoff. I'll go ahead and book well, that one right I, now.
9: Well, let me ask you this, Gary. Let's say... Texas stays at one i don't year. care I,
1: i'm just telling you if alabama's 12 and one I, i'm not going to look at all these could be would be scenarios but what i will tell you if alabama's 12 and one and wins the sec championship over georgia they're going to the playoff i'm just going to tell you i, <laughs> I got you
9: well, right. let me ask you this if, if it's between alabama and texas who do you think should go, Alabama or Texas? Because Texas is in the head-to-head matchup,
1: either. Well, I think they might both go. I mean, I don't. Again, you know, I don't. I can't. You know, there's a good chance they would both go. But I'm just telling you, if Alabama's 12 and one and wins the SEC championship, they're not going to be kept out of the playoff. There's no way in the world. So, hey, got to run, buddy. It's time to get uh, done with the show. Good to hear from you, Joseph. And and a lot of uh, hypotheticals there. But if Alabama goes 12 and one and wins the SEC championship and beats the Georgia Bulldogs to win the SEC championship, they're going to be in the playoff. All right, that's going to do it for the show. This hour has been brought to you by. Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. All right, we're going to get you ready for Kristen Miller and Corey Miller. Miller's Edge coming up next. Catch me on TV night with your local sports on WVUA 23. They're back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show. The coach, Ellis Johnson, will join us on Thursday to break down SEC football. For Justin Jones and Noah Haynes, I'm Gary Harris. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy this incredible fall weather. I'm just absolutely in love with it. It's so beautiful outside. Talk to you again in the morning.
0: for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. You know! Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
5: Football is back.